Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $50 to win $200. Just bet $50 and win $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Cowboy. Mm. The NFL is back. We have a Hall of Fame game recap for you, but first, we talk about Roger Goodell appealing the suspension for Deshaun Watson. And Chris has a number of observation deck thoughts from training camp. He talks Bill Belichick's feelings on fantasy football. We talk Aaron Rodgers' revelations and Trevor Penning's training camp fights. Chris is going to run through his NFL team win totals. We'll talk about the 13 teams that could win the AFC per Chris Collinsworth. And then at the end of the show, Chris, Dr. Fax, and Cowboy Reed are going to draft their favorite first ladies of all time in United States history. Hey, y'all enjoy. This is the last. Uh, this is the last show from the road. No more bad audio. No more Zoom. Uh, I've kind of enjoyed these. You know, they've been fun. It's good always checking in from different locations. Yeah, it's good having me out of the office. In so many words, you guys clean that shit up. I'll be home Monday. Okay, so you know, I want all the drugs off the table. I want all the chairs moved back into their 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 normal places. Uh, daddy's coming home, Reed. Uh, and we're, and, Hey, we're going to get some solid work done this fall. All my bets are going to hit. You know, that training camp, like kind of good feeling that everybody has this time of year podcasters too, man, everything's going to go smoothly this fall, Reed. So can't wait to get home. That means Montana's coming to a close. So we're back to work here, little football. And then we're going to get to the, uh, the first ladies draft, which we recorded in, um, Gosh, July, June, June, June. Seems like a lifetime ago. June, sure does. So we uh, we got the first ladies draft coming up. That was me, Doctor Fax, Cowboy Reed, um, right in his wheelhouse. Most of them are dead. The first ladies, that is. Matt was the judge. Uh, I think we got four first ladies. We we all drafted. No spoilers, but I think it did pretty good. But I think that after all my drafts, and then you motherfuckers <laughs> tell me I lose them online. But I think it's a good thing. The day you guys start agreeing with me out there on Twitter, the day I got to worry. I'm pretty glad you guys don't like my drafts. Um, first lady draft coming up in a few minutes. Okay. The big news today when I emerged, the Roger Goodell appeal, the NFL appealing, right? 
I don't know much about it other than he's bringing in the guy that did the Zeke Elliott um, work, right? Peter Harvey. Yeah, he was a he was a consultant on the Zeke Elliott suspension. Former Attorney General of New Jersey. Well, I'll tell you what this is, and Roger. Now you know how we feel as uh, NFL players because what you're doing is you're looking for a second opinion, right? When we played, um, oftentimes you'd have a perfectly uh, visible, identifiable injury and you bring it to the trainers and you'd be like, hey, look at this x-ray. What do you think? Looks like my, my leg snapped in half. And they're like, oh, I don't know. It looks like maybe a hairline fracture. Uh, and then you're like, okay, well, I'll, I'll go talk to another doctor. And we call that a second opinion um, in the bids. That's what Roger Goodell is getting, a second opinion. Only he knows um, this doctor gave Zeke Elliott six games. So this is like that doctor that you know you can call. And he's going to be like, yep, compound fracture there. I don't know how they missed that. Um, so he's going to call this guy. This guy's going to say, hey, it's got to be at least 12 games, right? Because I don't think that I, this is, this is going to – he's doing this to get what he wants. So he knows he, he's going to get what he wants here, right? Um, I didn't see what the reaction was, gentlemen. I would, I would assume pretty positive reception. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I would expect some type of fine as well. Yeah. And maybe you can touch some of that uh, signing bonus um, this way. But, I mean, more than anything, you're talking about uh, 12 games probably at least if he gets his way because he was asking for 12 and was it $8 million? Is that, is, is that about right? Um, That's what he was asking for in the final uh, when they were trying to settle. But what is rumored is a year and a, and a uh, indefinite suspension of at least a year and a large monetary fine. You know what they should do? Um, I don't want to make light of this, any of it really. Um, but week 13, imagine if he was, uh, if he was suspended 12 games, you know who they play week 13? Who's that? The Houston Texans. I mean, you can't make this. There you go. He was suggesting 12 games. Super Bowl contender. Well, let's see. no spoilers here. Yeah, we got to talk about Chris Collinsworth in the Hall of Fame game shortly. I mean, Chris said there are 13 Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. I have a feeling I know one of them, and that's uh, that's that's the Mills Mafia. That's Davis Mills and Lovey Smith. <laughs> Lovey Smith was amazing the other day. I was like, man, I want to play football for that guy. He was, um, but all this probably points to the Browns having to start Jacoby Brissett a lot this year. And I love Jacoby and everything, but obviously it's going to be a deal where they got to play complimentary football and scrap and hang in there uh, in a division that I thought was going to be pretty tough. If Jacoby starting 12 games, uh, I don't see this division being as a, uh, as competitive top to bottom. You know, this is a big drop off from three teams that are Super Bowl contenders, three of the 13 uh, AFC teams that are Super Bowl contenders, according to Chris Collinsworth. It's it's going to be interesting. Well, but if you look at the Browns, they they're a team built for the complimentary football. They have two of the best running backs in the AFC um, and they have a defense that's on the on the up and up. They have great pass rushers and a secondary that's healthy now that can defend the pass even better than they did last year. It's a great point, Reed, and I think there's something to that. And Jacoby is probably going to play within the confines of the offense a little bit better than a Baker Mayfield. He might turn the ball over less. 
but there's a top end speed that they just don't have that they were definitely going to have with Deshaun Watson. Uh, and even with Baker Mayfield, they had, they had a little bit of explosiveness that they're not going to have with Jacoby Brissett. Now, to your point, I think, you know, Jacoby's the type of guy that can say, I know that I got to go 35 miles an hour and we can still win. You know, I don't have to speed um, for us to win here, for us to get home. If he can kind of take care of the football, they can be competitive, but I don't believe they can contend. Um, now, what they could do, if it's a 12-game suspension, is keep that ball in the air so that when Deshaun comes back, they can make a run. And it's, it's gross to even talk about it. You know, it's almost like the, the wound is too fresh uh, with everything we've been talking about the last week. But, you know, he could come back week 13, and it could be the most talked about game in the NFL. And this is really going to be interesting to see if, uh, you know, all news is good news because Deshaun Watson coming back is going to make a lot of news at some point, whether it's week 13 or it's next year to start the season. I'm really interested to see how people are going to talk about this. Um, I know week one, uh, you know, it's going to be like, now you just can't leave with Baker Mayfield. He's going to lock the doors to that motherfucker at Bank America Stadium. And it's going to smell like Bojangles and revenge in there, dude. I can't wait. I can't wait. I hope he, I hope Baker plants the fucking Panthers flag at midfield, which would make sense because they'll be at home. He's um, going to plant a Baker Mayfield flag. He's just going to plant a big old Baker flag right at midfield. A, a flag at his face. Yeah. The brown. He should probably plant an Oklahoma flag because it's his house. You know how dudes like have their alma mater's flags on the front front porch, especially at the beach. Right. If Baker Mayfield really feels like he's at home, what he'll do is he'll start planting flags that he would have on his front porch. Yep. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like his reputation was sort of in trouble like last year, but now that the Browns are so evil and like they did him wrong, it's like it paints him in this good place. This is the only thing that could have saved him, you know, and I, I've, I've thought at times that it got a little bit overblown with the Baker hatred, but uh, this is the thing that's going to save him. You know, uh, people in Cleveland, the ones who have not burnt the moral bridges, uh, getting autographed Gatorade towels from Deshaun Watson at day one of training camp, uh, the same day uh, the suspension is handed down. Those of those of the the noble Cleveland fans, um, they're gonna they're gonna miss Baker. I think they're gonna say like, "Fuck, dude! You know what? It wasn't so bad. You know, this guy all he did was talk too much and throw some interceptions. The other guy was like a predator. Yeah, you know. Um, so it's gonna be really interesting. Keep an eye out for Brissett Wentz week seventeen. I'm just saying it. Just there's gonna there's gonna be magic in the air, dude. It's all about the handshake, Reed. I just I cannot wait for some of these handshakes. Okay, I can't wait. The Carson Wentz, the Carson Wentz Doug Peterson handshake. Oh, I'm just getting all types of. I can't wait to create content that day, dude. That day is just gonna be a killer day to create content. Carson Wentz going to Link, you know. Oh, come on, dude. We got some dynamite handshakes and reunions this year to look forward to. So keep an eye out uh, for the news is going to drop. Probably when do you think we'll get a ruling here? Probably early next week. I think today is too early. New suspension just dropped. That's going to be the new slang. 
new suspension just dropped. I can't new wait. Sussy. New sussy. A just new, dropped. A new sussy just dropped. I don't, I don't want to get cease and desisted. Billy, Billy football's off a of suspension, right? I haven't really yeah. been paying attention to shit like that. Okay. Uh, good for Billy. Uh, observation deck, man. Okay. A few things. I came out of the woods. You guys had a list of shit that happened. Uh, you wanted me to kind of like check it out. So I checked out Trevor Penning uh, getting kicked out of practice. Dude, what a Mickey Mouse league we're playing in. I was expecting <laughs> to see some fucking Kyle Turley shit. I was expecting to see some helmets flying. I was expecting to see some. You remember when I don't even remember who it was. Washington and somebody got in this big joint practice fight a few years ago. It was the Texans. It was D'Angelo Hall and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I it's, fear God. Yeah. The, the Rams and the Cowboys. Okay. What a time to be alive. There were fans leaning over the fucking fence at, at, at Irvine. They were tugging at the Cowboys. Maybe a couple of them got shots in. That's a training camp fight when the fans are involved. What the fuck is this? I thought I was going to see Logan Mankins out there just like finishing people. Okay. <laughs> this guy, he loves to get the last shove. Welcome to the NFL. Okay. I want to read you Kyle's tweet. Kyle's jumping out of the gym for this kid. Okay. So part of the Greenlight family is buying this behavior. Not surprisingly. Okay. Trevor Penning, keep finishing. Your teammates will absolutely love you once you start pounding on divisional opponents. Jesus, Kyle. Guy finishes so well, they gave him off the rest of practice. Getting some blood and, flow, Kyle. And that's his third. He, he did three three practices in a row getting booted. So here's the deal. I'm looking at these videos. Okay, first off, the video of him, you know, there's a video of this kid, Trevor Penning. I'm not saying he's not a tough guy. I'm sure he's a tough kid, dude. But everybody's tough up here, buddy. Like, everybody's tough. Oh, that guy, that guy you've never heard of. He's tough too. Okay. So Trevor Penning, you know, the video where he's like, ask me, ask me what I love about football. Ask me that. And the guy's like, what do you love about football? And he's like, legally assaulting someone every play. <laughs> I'm like, bro, they need to make copies of that fucking thing and ship that DVD to every D line room. I mean, people should be watching that in hotel ballrooms across America. Uh, it, it, the, these D lines need that needs to be like the way we watched, um, you know, Ken Burns on the, the rolling VCR in, in high school. That's the way D lines need to be watching that Trevor Penning clip. What a tough guy! Oh my god, play one. Okay, the first play, it's a pass set. Oh, this is just the first play he gets kicked out of practice. He fucking shoved a guy. Okay. And then the other, the guy shoved him. And then, you know, like you had a helmet swipe. Okay. Both guys walked back to the huddle. The vets, the vets barely got up. Okay. If you ever watch a training camp fight, when two rookies get into it and like one-on-one -on -one pass rush or team period, you'll see some guys like Cam Jordan's kind of like, do I have to, <laughs> like, you know, like, like, how do I look like I want to get involved here, but just let these fucking guys figure it out. Like these young fucks, it's nothing serious. Okay, play one, nothing serious. Play two, minor league shit, play two, okay? Play two is like another shove, okay? Play three, okay, he dumps a camp body. Number 60, guy's wearing a number. Uh, he's, he's a camp body. No disrespect to this kid. 
Camp Body got his feet tangled outside zone or whatever it was. Camp Body got his feet tangled. I'm not impressed. Okay. I'm sure this kid's going to be a good player. I'm sure he's a tough guy, but Kyle's tweet only holds weight if you're really good. Okay. So we'll see if he's really good, Kyle. Might be really good. Easily impressed, I say, Kyle. Easily impressed. We'll see. We'll see. I remember the days where, where like camp fights were fucking crazy, dude. This is child's play. Some of the stuff that were, you know, like, fuck, dude. I, I got to get now I got to talk about it on the observation deck. We've already given it three minutes at least. Tim Patrick, Reed. Bit of bad news. Big, big bummer. All <laughs> prayers to Tim. He made it in the league. He was undrafted free agent and battled to uh, to kind of become one of the Broncos' top receivers. Led the team in touchdowns last year, and it is a big-time bummer to see him go down uh, in training camp. Third year in a row, the Broncos lost a, a receiver to the ace, to an ACL. That's tough, man. I mean, that's tough. But, you know, I, honestly, let me say this first. Like, Tim Patrick is just a guy that people like. I mean, like, I don't care if you're a fan, an opponent. I'm sure Tim Patrick just gets a lot of respect. His story, you know, undrafted. He's led that team in touchdowns for a couple of years now, the way he plays the game. Um, he stepped up in some big spots for them last year. I mean, there were no big spots for y'all last year. but There weren't many. The big spots, big spots for the Broncos. Like if you watch Broncos football games, if you gambled on Broncos football games, you knew who Tim Patrick was um, because he made big plays. And so, you know, like you guys should be good enough to replace a number two receiver. I'm not minimizing loss, but it's early to start having these losses, right? That's the tough part because like if mm -hmm. this happened week six, you're like, okay, we've gone six weeks. We haven't lost anybody. Now you're behind the eight ball already. So you can't afford any more injuries. Judy's got to stay healthy. Um, you know, that back's got to stay healthy. My goodness, he's fun to watch. So, um, hey, bright side read. At least he's uh, hanging out with the guy that rehabs 23 hours a day. Russell Wilson's going to be camped outside of Tim Patrick's house, dude. Like, just making sure you're rehabbing. Mm -hmm. Marquise Brown, somebody told me he was speeding, Reed. He was going quick. He was driving fast, arrested in uh, Maricopa County. You know what? It's kind of like they say, you know, with, 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 when you see a guy with a big truck, everybody's like, oh, a small penis. He's a little guy. Like he's got to like step, you know, what do they call that? I don't have one. I don't have, fuck. I don't need, <laughs> my kids got to climb that shit like Everest. I'm not stepping down on a little step thing, dude. But here's the point. Little guys who are fast as fuck. I don't understand why they have to overcompensate going fast in the morning. Unless they're <laughs> late as fuck, dude. That's the only reason. And how late are you? And how big is the fine that you need to go 125 miles an hour, dude? Mm -hmm. So obviously, it's at least part. I got to go fast on the road, which makes no sense to me because there's nothing to overcompensate for. Okay, it's it, it, it shouldn't work that way. Slow, slow fucking fat guys with flat feet and like and like bowed in knees who, who don't get a lot of exercise should be the ones going 125 miles an hour on the road. Not Mar not Marquise Hollywood Brown, dude. Guys fast as fuck. There's no need to go to 125 miles an hour on the road for him. Here's the, here's the worst part. I was about to defend him. I saw everybody online was like, oh, this fucking idiot, another NFL player making bad decisions. I was like, hold on a second. In Maricopa County, 
they'll fucking throw a turtle in jail for breaking the speed limit. Like you can, you can be going 20 over whoops. You're going to jail in that County. Am I right? 85. Yep. 85. Isn't it funny? There's a fucking speed limit there, but you can probably have as big a gun as you want in that County. You probably have a bazooka mounted on your car. and it'd be What fine. happened? To, yeah. As long as it's not going 65. Right. 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 Isn't that a motherfucker? Hollywood Brown is uh, criminal speeding in the state is if maximum 30 days in, uh, in jail and a $500 fine. Um, and in football, turn, like the way it impacts the Cardinals, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is also, he's still suspended for the first six games. So you, you spend $230 million on a quarterback who's you going to throw the ball to for the first six games of the season. Boy, oh boy, Reed. They've had a, a rough few weeks. You know, a few months here. I mean, even a big victory like signing your quarterback, the news gets Pac-Man by that clause. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, fuck, that's a crazy county, huh? Put you in jail yeah. for speeding. They can't count. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what that's what some people will tell you. Anyways, so you put Marquise Brown on the list. I was about to be like, guys, you don't even fucking know. I was like, man, I got the ace in the hole. We're going to find out this guy's going 86 miles an hour. And people are, people are unjustly dumping on Marquise Brown. Little did I know he was going 40 miles an hour over that speed. I mean, my God, that's fast. One time I rented a car. Uh, I had to go from LA to Tucson. I think I've talked about this before. It's the only time I've ever rented a convertible. I wanted to see how fast I could go. And I got up to 105 and I said, no, nope, I'm too much of a fucking baby for this. I can't. I'm just not, I'm, I'm not a speed guy. I'm just not a speed guy. Bill Belichick. What did he say, Reed? He said he does not care about fantasy football. Wait till you're retired, Bill. If that ever happens, like just wait till you're retired. I used to feel the same way. Uh, but obviously you just haven't been a fan of football before you've always worked in football. The minute you retire, Bill, you're going to get it, dude. I was just on the phone with Tom, shout out to Tom, trying to figure out where we're going to hold our draft this year, trying to figure out what the, the punishment's going to be, by the way. I, you know, there's a punishment out there in the wind, man. You know, Matt Conrad, who lost last, last year, he was supposed to drive a beater everywhere for 30 days. Uh, I just didn't feel like buying a car off Craigslist. Okay, I'll, I'll admit it. This is all me. I mean, Matt's been ready to serve his time. Drive around in a jalopy. He's six foot seven. Looked like a fucking Mario Kart character. I was going to put him in a smart car like like James Harrison, but I don't want to spend $6,000. I just bet the Texans over win total. I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> all right, so... Anyways, Bill, can you imagine what Bill's um, fantasy football team would look like? It would be like Hunter Renfro, Rex Burkhead, Devin Allen. He'd probably take Christian McCaffrey in the first round. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, durability issues. Paul, he might, he might, he, he just out of left field draft Paul Rabble. <laughs> you know, just fucking throw it, get it because Chris Hogan's out of league now. Um, do you know how much Bill Belichick probably hated? And I don't understand it because he was a great guy, but he had to hate Brian Leonard because he didn't he didn't draft Brian Leonard, white running back from Rutgers. 
I played with Brian Leonard in St. Louis. I thought, I thought about that tonight. Anyways, um, coach, you'll love fantasy football, dude. You, and I wonder if he'd mop up. Can you imagine him sitting on the couch and seeing Christian, Christian McCaffrey not used in the right way and just going absolutely berserk? Yes, dude. Like say, say he's uh, Christian McCaffrey's in the flat wide open. He could have a 40 yard touchdown. The quarterback doesn't hit him or they don't call the right play and he just loses. And then that's how he loses his game. And he, he would just loses his mind. He would definitely be leaning on people to release players at the end of the season. Yeah. Like he would definitely be, you know what I mean? Oh God. Tampering. Pulling a Tom <laughs> Brady. He would be pulling a Tom Brady out there. Um, and then lastly, we have the uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, news. What, did, do we call it news? I mean, it, it's not news. It's a guy did uh, he did some plant medicine. <laughs> he did some plant medicine. I'm glad he's talking about it. That's, you know, it, like, I don't see the problem here. Is there a problem? Do people Are people making this a problem or are most people uh, doing the straw man? I can't believe people are making this a problem thing. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think most people are just kind of like, this is just kind of goofy now. You know, he's had a number of these kind of uh, revelations, um, you know, about his, that he's released over the past year, two years. And uh, so I think people are just kind of like, oh, it's another one that's just kind of goofy. But I don't understand, isn't it a drug? So wouldn't, shouldn't it? You no, know, no, that, that shouldn't show up on a drug test. Now, I, I don't know, you know, you get some random drug tests throughout the year for street drugs and most of the street drugs are staying in your system like pretty quickly so if you're like doing cocaine or something that's you'd have to be pretty unlucky or a, or have a problem to you know to get the, for to get flagged for booger sugar or something um something i always say i've never tried okay don't intend on it don't even like coffee i can't see myself chewing my face off in a nightclub okay or just DM DMT is on the uh, list oh my God, of I my heartbeat. substances. <laughs> DMT is a banned substance, okay? Um, but they've never, you know, if you don't test Aaron Rodgers for it, it'd be like me talking about smoking weed um, as a player in the past and saying I've tried weed before, but I've never tested. You know what I mean? Like, mm, okay. I don't know. I don't know that there's anything they can do about that. Um, nor do I think there, there's anything they should be able to do about that. I think um, players talking about stuff like this, it, you know, it's good for the next generation of player, you know, mm -hmm. um, it kind of normalizes. I mean, you're talking about, put this in perspective. This is a franchise quarterback, one of the best to ever play the game, talking about going to Peru and uh, doing ayahuasca with a shaman on a podcast. These were the guys that in the 80s and 90s did Coca-Cola commercials. Like, and that's all you heard from them, right? Branding, the media, uh, what guys are talking about. Like, things are just so different now. It's just crazy to wake up one day and see Aaron Rodgers. This was the fucking, get this. <laughs> this is the first headline I saw on Google. Aaron Rodgers talks ayahuasca experience, how it helped him get back in the game. Milwaukee six. Is that a copper fit ad? I mean, is that a fucking, <laughs> is that like a fucking Viagra ad? I mean, like 
get back in the game with ayahuasca. You know, it's like, I, it's, it's going to be funny to hear people talk about this. Jimmy Traina, Traina's thoughts. It's the SI column. He writes, um, made a really interesting point. It's going to be uh, funny as hell to hear people fumble over talking about this. Um, you know, you talk about Bears Packers week two, prime time, Mike Tirico. Like, <laughs> wonder if he saw the serpent. <laughs> Third and 10. Like, what, how do you, like, how do you, by the way, when you do ayahuasca, supposedly you see a lizard. I've never done ayahuasca. Not saying I wouldn't, you know, I've dabbled in plenty of stuff, but I haven't gone to, to, to ayahuasca town yet. I haven't gone down to Peru with a shaman. I hear you puke your guts out and I hear you see a lizard. I hear you see uh, mother ayahuasca is what people call her. People say they, they're seeing this fucking serpent. I wonder if A-Rod saw the serpent. I wonder if he saw the serpent. Um, but honestly, what he's talking about is self-love. He's talking about mental health. I want to be serious about it for a second because I'm not just going to belittle a guy who's spilling his guts uh, you know, spilling his guts, but he's, he's, he's opening up like, this is amazing to hear a guy talk about something like this. Um, however you feel about him, you know, uh, it's a unique position to be able to talk about it. Like, I don't think most players would feel comfortable, right? No, I, I think, um, I think he's, he's put himself in a position where, you know, you look at like state farm and people like, are they going to squirm? You know, the, the COVID thing didn't run them off, but will ayahuasca run sponsors off? It's going to be a really interesting kind of fallout period here because it's going to be a topic that people are going to talk about for in pop culture, for sure. Like on Twitter, the memes are going to be outstanding all year long. Right. Um, but ev eventually people have to confront it like out in the open and like, what is that? What is DMT? Um, but I, I think that um, I think that what Aaron's talking about is like self-love and acceptance. And if you've talked to people and I have, you know, a number of friends who have gone down to, you know, South America and done this sort of thing, they really rave about it. Now I'm not saying you should take it lightly or you should get a fucking jet blue ticket to Peru tomorrow and hang out in a hut, puking your brains out with a stranger. But um, there is some legitimate um, application for this type of medicine uh, all the way down to, you know, mushrooms and that sort of thing. So uh, I think psychedelics are um, a pretty untapped resource. And if you're looking at um, interesting reading on, on that sort of thing, how to change your mind is an interesting book. So How to Change Your Mind is a, is a book that uh, I'm actually reading right now. Uh, and by reading right now, that means I listened to three chapters of the audio book like a month ago, and I'll probably do another three chapters here in about two weeks. Um, and by the way, Huberman of Huberman Lab fame uh, seemed to weigh in on this discussion about if you didn't read a book, you listened to a book on, on tape or an audio book, like can you claim at a dinner party that you read a book when somebody's like, um, you know, 1984, you read it and you're like, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Macon, Macon says it doesn't count, but well, fuck, fuck Macon. But, but Huberman on the <laughs> other hand seems to agree with Macon. Uh, 
that, that, you know, actually reading is, uh, it's, there's all sorts of benefits over listening and, uh, yeah, sorry to hear I'm taking an L on that debate, but, um, how to change your mind also, I think is a, is a, is a series right now. You can watch it on TV. Listen, I've done mushrooms. Mushrooms are, are great. They really are. If they're used responsibly, um, I think they're, you know, people, there's a lot of hoopla about cannabis. Okay. And like, I know they're like, I'm, you know, because I smoke and I'm kind of out and open about it. And I know there are some applications to marijuana. People make a huge deal about like the therapeutic benefits of marijuana. And there are some for sure, but uh, a solid mushroom trip is going to change your life. I can get you as high as I, I can get you as high as, as, as I could get you. I take you on the back porch right now. You're not going to wake up tomorrow feeling any different. Uh, if you, if you have a, one of those trips, you're, you're not going to be the same, but, um, what Aaron's doing is, uh, it's another level, but it's also something that a lot of people are doing now. Like I, you'd be younger people that live, especially in certain, like kind of, I feel like regions of the country where there's more artsy folk and like, you know, kind of, uh, elevated thinking type people, um, you'd be hard pressed not to at least know a friend of a friend, you know, or somebody that knows somebody that's done ayahuasca at this point. Reed, do you know somebody that's done ayahuasca? I do. I was actually in Peru on a backpacking trip. And, uh, this one kid was like, yeah, I'm going to see a shaman in a week. Going to do some ayahuasca. Matt, you know, anybody that's done ayahuasca? I've smoked DMT, which isn't the same as ayahuasca. It's like the same chemical. And I like, don't remember what happened. To be honest, did you, did you see the geometric shapes? Like, yeah, I saw like a bunch of weird shit. It all took like 15 minutes, but it felt like four hours, and then it was just like over. See, I don't want to get a straight, you know, they DMT the death molecule, yeah, but like, ayahuasca is different. Where I think like you drink it and it takes like multiple days, it's like a, it's a different intake. You got to hang out with the, you got to hang out in the hut for a couple of days. Like you do DMT, it's supposedly like it's 15 minutes, but it feels like a while. You know what I mean? Um, well, you know what I mean? I didn't do it. I've seen people do it. I, you know, that sort of thing. I've heard geometric shapes. It sounds like to me that you did DMT and you enter um, like a, a Windows 95 screensaver. It's a totally visual trip where you enter into this like visual universe that is different than your own. But I, I wouldn't describe what you see as like a lizard necessarily, but definitely like weird geometric shapes. I just, it, I got one question for Aaron Rodgers. Did you see the lizard? If I get a Super Bowl uh, media pass, I'm going to go in there with a microphone and I'm going to ask Aaron at the podium if he saw the lizard. That's all I want to know. Did you meet Mother Ayahuasca? Um, so all in all, like serious here, I think this is really cool. I think it's cool that Aaron's talking about it. Um, I also think it's getting kind of mainstream enough that like, as we just kind of went around the room here, uh, everybody knows somebody who's done it, or, um, you know, maybe you've experimented with some psychedelics before, you know, how they say, keep Austin weird. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to do that with ayahuasca. Now you're going to have to have a t-shirt that says like, keep ayahuasca weird. Like all the shamans are going to be like fucking Aaron Rodgers. Like everybody's coming down here now. He's well positioned to have a leading brand of ayahuasca, whatever goes corporate. No question.
no question. You know, where they like do the paperwork down at some of these clinics. And now you don't even have to go to Peru. Supposedly you can get a shaman in like uh, Orange County. Get a shaman. Yeah, you can go to Florida. It's fuck. That's not where I'm getting. Can you imagine being like, uh, I think I'm going to do this terrifying thing that's going to change my life forever, maybe. Uh, I think I'm going to go to Florida and do that. He's obviously, I mean, I think he's in a good headspace, um, or at least outwardly. I mean, you know, I never want to psychoanalyze anybody to only take it at, at face value, but he says he's extremely happy. Um, and I, I'm just imagining that, like, when you get the paperwork down there in Peru, and they're like, who sent you? And there's like uh, a box for like friends, like you, you read about us mm. online, and then there's like a box for like Aaron Rodgers. in that fucking box dude um there's gonna be direct flights from like uh from uh from milwaukee to peru now like (laughs) do at least one flight down there because there's gonna be a bunch of guys tripping balls down there in orange camo okay that's enough aaron Rodgers. hey dude i I approve of that and if anybody's fucking getting all upset with aaron Rodgers about this open your mind man Open your mind. All right. I, th- I hear tortles. I tortles just as bad on your stomach. We take it every Sunday. Um, all right. So I just wanted to highlight my 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 bets. I put in a couple uh, win totals here. I tweeted this earlier, but I'm, I'm going to pass on the Minnesota total. I don't even know what it is. I'm not. I'm. I can't root for the Vikings, and I'm not going to take the under because I think they might be okay. It might be okay. And last year was a fucking white knuckle deal there. I mean, I needed every break for that under win total to hit. Minnesota's nine win total. Okay. Well, that's, that's in that danger zone, dude. You know, like uh, it takes a minute to adjust these new win totals relative to one extra game and that sort of thing. Like that's the danger zone right there. Nine is, is sketch city. So I'm going to stay off of Minnesota. Um, I'm also going to stay off of the Chargers. I know they're going to be really good. I don't even want to profit off it. I can't, dude. I can't sit through a Chargers season with money on the line. Last year proved it. I'm sorry. I don't care how good I think they're going to be. I'm not betting the over. I am betting the under on the Falcons. Okay? I put that bet in as soon as as Eddie Goldman retired. Guy signed, retired 13 days later. That's a fucking red flag there. Red flag emoji. Okay, I also bet the over in the NFC South on the uh, the, the the Saints total. Um, I think that Jameis is going to have a sneaky good year now, and I think Dennis Allen's got some things figured out uh, relative to uh, most new head coaches walking into a new building. I think at the very least, people are sleeping on them. Uh, and when you look at that division with the injuries uh, to Ryan Jensen, some of this Tom Brady drama. Um, Carolina's not great. Uh, you're also talking about, you know, Atlanta, who I just mentioned, there's going to be some wins for you. They might be able to steal, uh, you know, a win against the Buccaneers. Lord, Lord knows they played, um, played those guys as tough as anybody the last couple of years. So when you look at new Orleans, tough place to play guy who's sat a year, who's had an opportunity to learn. And I don't know if Vegas is taking the Dennis Allen, experience factor into account so give me new orleans the over on that one uh and what did i say oh houston okay houston i'm like houston that number is low maybe davis mills 
is is supposed to hook me here and they're even worse than we think they're going to be uh but i i gotta feel like this team's going to win six games maybe more in fact i think they're going to win more and i think they're a super bowl contender i agree with chris collinsworth because chris collinsworth said tonight during the hall of fame game that 13 teams in the afc are super bowl contenders and i want to do the math real quick there are 16 teams in the AFC, so it's more interesting to figure out who he was saying is not a Super Bowl contender. So shall we do that exercise, gentlemen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's, start with, let's start with the Jets. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe we should start with Pittsburgh. Okay. There's not a quarterback on that roster, not with the fucking steel curtain defense, do I think yeah. they're winning a Super Bowl. Okay, and I know somebody's going to get mad about that. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So you've got Pittsburgh. you got the Jets. we got to mention the Jags. It's probably too early to expect them to win a Super Bowl, even with Dougie P down there. Okay. So that's three, right? We're home. Who's replacing the Mills Mafia? Nobody, dude. So he agrees with me. Like – he counts the Houston Texans as a Super Bowl contender. And I just want to thank Chris Collinsworth right here on the Green Light Pod for the audacity and the bold spirit necessary to, to, to let that take fly um, on, the, on the biggest stage in football, the Hall of Fame game. I don't think I didn't notice that, Chris. I did the math. You think the Houston Texans – are a Super Bowl contender. And after talking to Lovey Smith for 30 minutes the other day, I have to agree. Okay. I might, I would go play for the Texans this year. If the Texans need me, they can call me. Do you think it's like the long neck solidarity? It might be the long neck thing, Matt. It might be, uh, you know, it's because Chris's neck is kind of long. That's a good point. His neck is really long. Maybe he's looking at Davis Mills and being like, man, I wish I had some girth. Like, that's the type of guy that can win a Super Bowl, you know? Uh, so, Mills Mafia. I wish we'd have gotten Lovey to tell us how wide his neck is. He has to know. They they had to, like, fit him for a college shirt or something. Fit him for, like, a fucking... He, when he goes into Joseph A. Bank, everybody, they get the yardstick out. The, you know, the yardstick that actually would have taped the longer tape measure read. The three-foot tape measure. Fuck, dude, that guy's got a neck on him. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash greenlight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so the Hall of Fame game. Here are my big takeaways, and then we're going to get to the first lady draft. Besides Chris Collinsworth coming out in solidarity with me on the Houston Texans, holy weather delay. You know, to get a weather delay during the uh, Hall of Fame game, I always tell the story in 2011, uh, two CBAs ago, when I was a, a wee lad, 
um, and, and saw the Hall of Fame game on our schedule for the upcoming August, which is, of course, an extra football game uh, and no real draw to it. You got to play five games in preseason and we don't get some type of competitive advantage or extra money here. Come on. Uh, I know the Hall of Fame's cool and everything, but not many of us are going there. <laughs> I mean, this is fucked up. This is like a catch and release situation. You know, like I, I got to go and get reminded of all the people that are better than me at football and play football for free, essentially, in August. I mean, these guys just started practicing like a week ago to go from where they were day one of camp to the Hall of Fame game in a week is insanity. Like, it's like going from zero to 200 miles an hour. So the quality of play isn't great. It's really anybody's guess who's going to be playing, right? Because usually in the preseason, it kind of goes like week one, two, three, four. Um, although I did see that starters are going to play week one somewhere. Uh, I don't know where I saw that, maybe in Chicago or something to that effect. But I'd hate to be um, a player on a team that gets the memo that like the starters are going to play week one. Uh, Hall of Fame game, you really don't know what the cadence is going to be. It's a mixture of guys that are going to play a lot, guys that aren't. You saw Brandon, ja or, uh, Brandon Jacobs, Josh Jacobs. Let me tell you something about Brandon Jacobs. That's a big motherfucker. Had to tackle him a few times. You want to talk about, you know, he's tell you get your pad level down on a tackle. I'll get my pad level down if Brandon Jacobs is coming through the hole because there's one place I'm hitting that guy. <laughs> the knees. <laughs> I'm not I'm not taking that joker on high at all. He's about 6'4", 250. But Josh Jacobs was in there a while. You saw you, you got to look at Trayvon Walker. You know, you got to look at Trayvon Walker, the first play. And I love this. Nothing like making your presence known in the NFL, like getting a roughing the passer penalty the first play. You know what you got to do to get a roughing the passer penalty? You got to get there. And so kudos to Trayvon Walker. Fuck it. Start your career with a fucking 15-yarder. I love it. He had a sack. Uh, he mixed it up a little bit. He got involved in the run game. I said this about Trayvon Walker. And, Reed, you can police my take because I've kind of fluctuated a little bit with these defensive ends in this class. I feel like I, I've, I've said this about Trayvon. He might have the best, longest career. You know, um, I don't know about, like, a 20-sack season, but this guy's guaranteed to play a long time um, because he's just a stud. He's got the measurables of an NFL defensive end. He's got the measurables of a guy um, – you know, as, as uh, Daniel Jeremiah was talking about tonight, like a lot of guys, uh, you, you anticipate, you anticipate, they look big in college and then they get on a pro, uh, pro field and they don't look as uh, imposing. Trayvon Walker looked big on the football field tonight, like with NFL players. The cat he was going against was 6'7", okay, for scale. I mean, that was the Raiders' right tackle, I believe, last year. This kid's big. The only thing I worry about him ever is going to be pad level against guys that are a bit of a matchup problem. Uh, and then finishing. We talked a lot about the way he finished in college. I wasn't a great tackler. It's something to work on for him. I mean, even his sack tonight, he kind of was like, damn, I got to get this guy down. Like they almost blew it dead. And then in the run game, he, he had a nice jab and, and swim backside, ran uh, the running back down in the hole, but just kind of flew by him. 
I have a feeling he's going to be very disruptive, even if he doesn't make a bunch of big plays. I mean, he made some big plays tonight. He's going to affect the game. But the question is always going to be for Jacksonville, can he convert enough of that disruption into cold, hard stats to justify being picked first overall? But I really like where this kid starts. I don't think he was – I mean, the one thing we wondered with him was could he rush the edge? So it's nice to see him push the pocket, that sort of thing. He's not going to be able to do that to everybody. He's a big, strong sucker, but I don't know that he's going to be able to do it to everybody. So he just needs to work his toolbox out there. My first preseason game as a 3-4 defensive end, going through a little bit of what Trayvon Walker went through, uh, I had never played 4-3 base downs. So on first and second down, converting the pass rush, all that stuff was a little foreign to me. Even the transition on third down was tough uh, when you play a four-eye a lot. He's played up and down the line. Uh, it's good to see him get these reps out at end. And, you know, saw him standing up tonight. That was cool. Uh, he looked pretty comfortable. So good for him. Good night for him. Juxtaposed to, you know, Thibodeau, who hasn't played a snap yet. And I've been high on you know, that look, that eyeball test that Daniel Jeremiah talked about. The thing I said the other day was I'm watching, you know, NFL Network and I'm like, this kid doesn't look real big. Took me five seconds to realize uh, 44 has got a pro body, dude. Um, he is a big joker. And a big shout out to Mark Davis real quick before the first ladies draft here. I mean, Mark Davis, nobody owns more white suits. Nobody's richer. The guy's got fucking money hit away places. I mean, he, he, he forgets about money laying around in his house, dude. He's got, he's got cash, but he's not above eating some chicken wings in Canton. And I love that for him. I love that about him. I love the boldness of eating chicken wings with a white suit on and not being afraid that you got a little bit on your hand. And then you go back to get your white dinner jacket that's draped over your chair and you get a little bit of like, I don't like a little bit of seasoning on there, a little bit of sauce, worse yet. He's got confidence. He's not worried about it. He's the one owner I would want to party with. Lives in Vegas. I mean, think about this guy's got more money than God, right? You got to, you own an NFL team, but you're willing to eat some chicken wings. I do think that this guy probably rolls up to a BW3 every once in a while and just eats some fucking wings in the corner watching ball like he's willing to be a man of the people big fan of mark davis saw him mixing it up before the game with Devonte adams he's living in a sports movie he is and he should if you're here in arizona colorado indiana louisiana michigan new jersey new york tennessee or right here in virginia and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet I have great news for you. WinBet is now offering $200 in free bets for new users. That's right, $200, 200 big ones on a $50 bet. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down, don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Time to draft some first ladies, gentlemen. My favorite. We're gonna nail this. We're gonna nail these first ladies. We're gonna nail this, dude. 
<laughs> I got the first pick. Yeah, and this is this is like winning the lottery four um, times over. Yeah, kind of takes a little pressure off me because I don't have to make this pick. <laughs> With her Go politics, ahead, I really just didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the number one pick, just, you didn't hear about what she got canceled recently. She had a really bad take. Going with Nancy Reagan. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to deter me? No amount of off-the-field issues can can deter you. Nope. Marrying Ronald Reagan. Nope. Starting the war on drugs. Throat goat. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she did read to some kids and shit. Yeah, she did. Somewhere along the line. Mr. T. That's I, right, Mr. T. I, yeah. I just didn't, I, I didn't imagine Mr. T. The was, fact that Mr. T, like, he was, fr that's, that was his dear friend, man. Yo, how about Ronald Reagan at, like, a White House correspondence dinner, like, and Mr. T's there? How uncomfortable <laughs> of a, like... Not, probably not uncomfortable. Probably, probably funding the trip. If oh, you think, you think about it's it. like that. Absolutely. <clears throat> you think he was a cuckold? Absolutely. And that's why he started the war on drugs, cuckold. Maybe. Yeah. Interesting. That's very interesting. This is you might have cracked the code. No, you might have cracked the code. Don't put that evil <laughs> on me, Ricky Bobby. I'm not floating Ronald Reagan conspiracies, but that's an amazing uh, stroke of luck for you to get Ronald Reagan's wife, Nancy Reagan. <laughs> Number two, I'm going to go Betty Ford. She had a CB radio and her handle was Big Mama. She always wore a mood ring. She gave her husband's concession speech. Mood because, ring. Yeah, mood ring. Would it change, do you think? Yeah, it did. It was an accurate one. She told an interviewer that reporters had asked her everything but how often I sleep with my husband. If they had asked me that, I would have told them as often as possible. Wow, they had a lot of sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she said, I would, I would give my life to have Jerry, her husband have my polling numbers because it was infamous that her po she she pulled higher than gerald ford oh and she had she had that fire she had yeah that fire. she had that fire there were uh you were talking about that yeah there were pins made saying uh betty ford had that fire <laughs> that said uh betty's husband for president oh wow she had that snapper <laughs> that snapper <laughs> yeah. as we would say yeah and that whole rehabilitation center too it's pretty cool yeah, holy shit, guys, right? Betty Ford Center for the Treatment of Clinical Dependency. Yep. She also had an open-mindedness on marijuana. What a woman, dude. What a woman, dude. She supported women's rights and was uh, outspoken in support of drug treatment and uh, abortion. You know, I just want to say this. As I was doing some re research, um, by that I mean Googling facts about first ladies, I came to the conclusion that we'd be a lot better off if most of these women actually yeah. were the leaders of the free world. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I Agreed. mean, for, it's a low fucking bar, but my goodness, there were some really amazing people. I'm up. Betty Ford won the Presidential Medal of Freedom, too, not to be overlooked. Was it fixed? Was she sleeping with the person that gave her the Presidential <laughs> Medal of Freedom? Well, sometimes those medals are a little bit fixed if you look at party politics. Like, it was George H.W. Bush, who I don't think she was sleeping with, but they had the same politics. Hmm. Hmm. Makes me feel like Brian Windhorse right now. 
That's not the question we should be asking. What's going on in the Ford house? <laughs> My pick. The fuck is her name? <laughs> Man, I really learned a lot about this first lady, too. I'm going to find it. Yeah, here she is. Eleanor Roosevelt. First pick. Great one. She was not only, she was legitimately a pretty good person. Great person. You know, she she went to bat for women and minorities and she wanted us to join the UN. Okay, of course. She was on my big board. Uh, Well, I damn near took her off when I found out that she married her fifth cousin. Mm hmm. How do we feel about that? You got to deal with that. She white. <laughs> how do you feel about it? I'm saying, how do we feel about, you know, the fact that we. Uh, you picked her. I just said she well, was I know, on my board. I, I, over, I, I looked past that. <laughs> you looked past a lot of stuff with Nancy Reagan. Holy shit. Let's not get... Nancy Reagan is... Easy, uh, Easy on my pick, right? Nate's a single-issue voter. But I'll, I'll tell you, Eleanor Roosevelt is... She is like the... She's like the Bill Russell of... Like, when you read all her her accolades. She was like, on the board of the director... Board of directors on the NAACP. Uh, she was the first chairman of the UN Rights Commission. Which is crazy. I mean, just it's so cool. And then she helped draft uh, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights in 1999. She was the she was ninth in the top ten of Gallup's list of most widely admired people of the 20th century. You don't get on that fucking list just being anybody. That's right. Her house is really cool too. They're they're uh, the Roosevelt property. Round two, Nate, you're up. Really should have been number one, but since I wanted to snatch Nancy first. I'm going with Michelle Obama because she is the first black first lady. Mm -hmm. So just that alone, <laughs> putting her up there. And then she's helping. She tried to help our obesity issue. Yeah. Childhood obesity. Filled let's move campaign. Yep. Let's move. Yep. That was a good also, campaign. Harvard educated lawyer, highly successful in her own right. Yeah. Yeah. And really fucking likable. Like America loves Michelle Obama. If she if she would run, you and Michelle Obama have something in common. Um, you both went on the Ellen Show. Yeah, we did. Look at that. Yeah, I went on the Ellen Show. She's been on it like a couple times. I did not know I was there. I was like, anyways. Um, you wore a nice suit. I did. It was green. Number two, I'm gonna go Abigail Adams. She has a dis distinction of being the first second lady of the U.S. and the second first lady of the United States. Say that one more time. She is the distinction of being the first second lady of the United States and the second first lady of the United States. Because so, her husband was the vice president and then won the presidency. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because somebody got somebody got capped. <laughs> no, they John Adams. Oh, he, he was won the, the vice next. president and then won. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. Man, I'm still hung up on that fucking. Uh, what do you call that? Like an anagram or something? What you just did with my brain? I guess so. <laughs> Spoke. Yeah, spoke. I spoke. Yeah, you spoke. <laughs> spoke. Twisted it a pretzel. Re read talk. Yeah, read talk. <laughs> I'm up. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah, she fell to me. <laughs> Francis Cleveland. <laughs> Francis there Cleveland. It there it is. Francis Cleveland. She was young, gentlemen. She was 21. She was just 21. She was only 21 when she went to the White House. She actually gave birth in the White House. She was such a boss, she just had a kid in the White House. <coughs> And then um, she was like a pop culture like icon because I say this with all due respect, but Frances Cleveland had ass. She had cakes. She had a caboose on yep. her. She had cakes. If you look up some of the pictures of Frances Cleveland, she was working with a mini fridge. Wow. Also, 
Uh, she was down, dude. She was down. She was down, dude. Because what, what's his name? Grover. Grover Cleveland. Yeah, he was um, 27 years older. So naturally, he got cancer like early on in the game. When, when he was president, they took a piece of his jaw out for you know mouth cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, she didn't tell anybody. She just fucking threw away the key on that little secret there. She was down. So yeah, Francis Cleveland. I like that pick a lot. One of the first uh, like kind of like celebrities in the United States to be hounded by paparazzi and things of that nature. Although you criticize Nate for Nancy Reagan's politics. Uh, yes. Francis Cleveland Set him straight. advocated against women's suffrage. Well, that's her opinion. And also it was yeah. <laughs> Nancy Reagan was 1990, bro. You can't get out of this one, dude. No one's going to feel like, damn, he picked Francis Cleveland. Everybody was a shit bag back then, dude. But yeah, she wasn't real good on that, that issue. Round three, Nate. Glad we've come around. Round three. And if we're talking about down first ladies, I'm going to go with <laughs> Jackie Kennedy. She was super down. <laughs> she let him have side checks. Well, <clears throat> also, too, <laughs> Is that it? she refused to take off the dress after her husband was assassinated to show media and to show the world, like, what, like, whoever did this, this is what, like, these monsters did. Super down. And then after he was dead, she actually won an Emmy for working on biopics all about JFK. So until she died, she held a job just promoting her husband. She probably should have gone sooner. <laughs> Especially when you see the movie. Chappaquiddick. Have you seen that movie? Boy, that's a... The family... She also won an Emmy. Did she really? Yes, she did. She should have gone sooner. You know? I'll say that. You said, uh, what did these monsters do? Two shooters? Um, JFK? Check behind the grassy knoll. Yeah, right? Oh, no. I want them... I want them to see what they've done to Jack. They... Yeah. Maybe she meant the, the mob. Ooh. Is, was that where you're going with, Matt? That is what I believe to have, have happened, yeah. The, like, South Florida mob, like, Santo Traficante, I think is his name. Damn, dude. There's a lot of weird connections with, like, the Florida mob, Dallas mob, and stuff happening in Cuba. But Jackie O is also a great pick because she was... Fuck, if he lived in America today, that's, like, every other day thing. You're seeing your head blown off in traffic. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, he could have just been cut somebody off in traffic. And she could ride horses. She could ride horses? Yeah, she was an equestrian. Okay. <laughs> That's good. He likes that? Good. That's really good, actually. I feel like we let that one slip from our big board over here. I'll go number three, Dolly Madison. She is, there's another big age difference, 17 years. Um, she saved all the White House furniture and porches during the oh, War of 1812. This was on my list, too. Yeah, and she also served um, as Thomas Jefferson's uh, White House hostess after <clears throat> Thomas Jefferson's wife passed away when he was president. And what she she was credited with hosting a lot of bipartisan parties at the White House, which hadn't been popular. Dolly Madison. I just... These... <laughs> We've got so many presidents, and there's so few hot first ladies. Like, we've been doing this for 250 years. There are so few hot first ladies. <clears throat> Sorry, Reed. I didn't mean to shit on the... It's a great pick. Bipartisan stuff. 
Thomas well, Jefferson. it's you know, it's hard to portray beauty in a painting. You know, you're right about that. So a lot of these, <laughs> you know, ones we and even a couple of these, the the photography wasn't uh, the technology for their photography at the time wasn't hadn't come along. Spelled it Dolly D O L L E Y A. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, there's an A on the end. Too. <laughs> what are five facts about Dolly Madison? Well, I said I'll tell you. I'll, right. g- I'll give you five. Matt, do you like this pick? Not especially, but I mean, we are down to the tenth pick. Okay, tenth so. pick. Whose pick is it? Or now it's the Doctor Facts. No, I think it's you. Oh fuck! <laughs> Sorry, uh, ninth, first ninth pick. First uh, lady genera- generator. Um, you know what? I think if I read this correctly, I don't want to draft Andrew Jackson's wife, but. Uh, Andrew Jackson's wife was kind of like, I'm going to go with the theory that she was kind of like the glue gal and she got tuberculosis while he was president and <laughs> lost her hold on him. And then you have the trail and of tears went, and yeah. a bunch of stuff because he was a total shit bag. And she was like a bandaid on a fucking mortal wound. And she just fell off because she had tu- tuberculosis. What would the America have been like had she not gotten TB? She was probably a shitbag, too. She Are was you married trying to, to him. You're trying to pick Andrew Jackson's wife? I'm not going to. Okay, because I think she died before he was president. That's what I mean. She yeah. got tuberculosis. <laughs> She's never really first lady, though. You're right. Mm. But I, I do want to say, I want to send a special shout-out to her. She could be listening. <laughs> All right. Sarah Polk, man. I don't know much about her. But she was a secretary to her husband for free, which means she was an enormous cock block. And I respect the fuck out of that. And there was no Monica Lewinsky going on when James Polk was president. That's right. She was super high. Uh, she was very highly educated for her time. And she uh, helped uh, James Polk with his speeches. They probably Evidently, just speech she did writing. a lovely job. Probably just role played a lot. James Polk looks like an absolute motherfucker to live with. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> not even the white house would i mean like you wouldn't feel safe living with this motherfucker he's the guy that invaded mexico <laughs> i mean it tells you all you need to know james <laughs> we almost had another one do that, that no mullet? he was just gonna he was gonna nuke cartels <laughs> is that a mullet <laughs> it's a skullet dude he's, <laughs> he's damn near james polk was a wild boy dude the last pick he, probably, right. he just did a lot of grunting until she came along and then she helped him she helped him talk good fourth round here we go mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm wrapping this up with marilyn whitmore no one knows who that is it is thomas whitmore's wife in independence independence day. Day. keep doing this independence day thing played by mary mcdonald oh and in the movie God. she was a great first lady yeah and the people loved her and in the movie she was saved by a stripper who was played by vivica fox Oh, hot Vivica Fox, 90s. You may or may not have drafted in the 90s, babe, or nostalgic babe draft. You know, had to throw a curveball in there for you guys. That's a great pick, Nate. Because you said, like, you know, you got to, when you get the directions to some of these things, you got to try to pick holes. And if they're not going to be fine tuned, I feel like there's open ended ways. I think that was brilliant. Yeah. You're like one of those revolutionary teams in like 
MBA that sees some type of inefficiency and then everybody's copying them. Yep. I promise you, these guys are looking at. Yeah, we're like looking, I'm, I'm looking at ways right now. I'm like, run and gun. what kind of president? If you got the right team, you could just run and gun. Yeah. No this defense. Is, no, there's like a D2 school that does that. You're running the no, wild. No defense. Right they just run down the court and they shoot threes. <laughs> and if you get long rebounds, you pass it yeah. back out, you shoot. Yep. Running gun. You're running and gunning. Now I have to think of another first lady. And I'm going with Abigail Fillmore. She was uh, her husband's teacher at the New Hope Academy. They were two years apart. She taught him in school. Wow. Wow. Pretty cute. She also helped create the uh, White House yeah, library. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. He taught... Wait, she, wait, wait. Ha- she taught him. How does that work? She was his teacher. How many years apart were they? Two. But how is she the teacher? She's a smart lady. Skipped school, became a teacher. That's interesting. I like Mary Lincoln. I know nothing about her, but she seems like she was a train wreck from this. This uh, V this, much this, a train wreck. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln's wife was the first to hold seances in the White House to be attacked in the press for lavish purchases during wartime and to fight for the abolition of slavery, which is good. That's good. The last thing is good. We know that. Uh, but the lavish purchases. So when Lincoln would go off you know, to war during the Civil War, she was just running it up, dude. She was just his Amex was just getting <laughs> notifications left and right. Hey, you Whole gotta think foods, you gotta Amazon. Hey. What's in the boxes? That's kinda like what's he- in the box. It's kinda like hedging your bets if you think about it. What is? Like just spend the money because worst case scenario He's not coming back, and the well might dry. Might yeah, you're right. Get you need to get up. what you can. And or you don't know what's going to happen. That's you're the first 12. lady. They might run you out. You don't know. Hey, that did kind of come true. Yeah, it came right? true. Because he didn't all come Chanel back from bags, the, you know? All those Chanel bags make you feel better because mm-hmm. they busted a cap in his ass, too. Matt <laughs> Reed busted a cap in his ass. That's Matt right. Perkins. Matt so, Perkins. So I'll say Mary Lincoln. <laughs> and also seances. Holy crazy. That's not too crazy. Because back then they would say seance. If you if you had some sage, that's a seance. If I bring some sage in here and wave it around and light it, bro, that's some people would be like, oh, they're having a seance. No, I think she. People at the time thought she was crazy. Yeah, well, she, traditionally in historical records, she was rated very low on the list of first ladies. But I drafted her because it's good to have like a crazy uh, first lady on the team. Interestingly, uh, Abraham Lincoln's first political rival was this guy named Stephen Douglas, and they were both courting. Mary Todd. There you go. I remember this now. We're yes. getting political here. Mary we're Todd. getting political. On political. Me. We're talking about political facts. I like it. We're talking about the uh, the just the 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 throes of passion. That's what happened. Abe Lincoln. He he stole her away from uh, from Stephen Douglas. Douglas. Stephen Douglas, the first simp in American politics. <laughs> Damn. Cucked Took him. a big L. Got cucked by the man with the top hat. You win some, you lose some. Yeah, he lost some. But you live. He took a second L in the election of 1860. Did he really? Yes. Yeah, he lost to him for the Congress race in 1856 and then lost to him for the presidency in 1860. Holy shit, that might be one of the worst rivalries of all time. Mortal enemies. What do you think he said when he got when he got capped? You think when he got the news, he was like, he didn't say much, you know, like, sorry to hear that. Or did he send a fucking raven to uh, to marry Lincoln? Yeah, I mean, maybe he saw it as an opportunity to be there to like console her. I don't know. 
Interesting, man. History is interesting. We should just talk about history. Tell us about something, Matt. He uh, he was actually dead first. He was dead. Yeah, 1861 is when he died. So he didn't even get to see Lincoln die? Yeah. Oh, my God, this guy. Talk just, about a one-sided rivalry. Talk about a Highlander situation. <laughs> those two are still, they're throwing bows in the afterlife, dude. <laughs> those two are, those two are, yeah, yeah, fuck, dude. Mary Lincoln, Mrs. Irrelevant. He was struck by illness in May of 1861 and confined to his bed. Surprised he wasn't struck by lightning. <laughs> kind of life he had. You didn't even get beat out, so history doesn't even look upon you favorably. Mm-hmm. It's not like Andrew Jackson beat you out and people were like, damn, that would have been cool if Andrew Jackson won the thing. History didn't win the thing. doesn't look favorably at Stephen A. Douglas because he was like the northerner that supported slavery. Yeah. You asked for historical fact. Abe Lincoln's first vice president's first name was Hannibal. Mm. Abe Lincoln's vice president, Hannibal. Yeah, in his first term. <laughs> Hannibal Hamlin. Oh, H-H. A double H. Here's a presidential fact. John Tyler has a grandson who's, mm-hmm. who's still alive. What? So John Tyler, <laughs> <That's crazy>. uh, <laughs> who was born in 1790, had a, he had a son who was born in 1853, and his son was born in 1928. John Tyler, grandson. Ooh. Jesus Christ, when there's no pictures that, yeah, of John. About this. When you said that, you sound like the, the Russell. He's 93. The rest book um, gif. When you ask a reporter, what? Man, what? What? <laughs> what? I mean, Bro, you are tripping. to think about. <laughs> hey, let me ask you something. When a president needs to get drunk in the 1800s, were they drunk like all the time, Matt? They had massive parties at the White House in the 1800s. Uh, you mentioned Andrew Jackson earlier. His inauguration was called the biggest party in the history of Washington, where they did massive damage to the White House, all kinds of stuff. Do you think that they were drunk like every night? Because if I was, if I lived. Definitely depends on the president. Who do you think was the biggest alcoholic? Reagan. Garfield? Reagan. Probably. <laughs> Let me see the facts about Garfield's wife. Did I draft her? Yeah, I did. Lucretia. No, I tried to draft her. You tried her. to draft yeah. her, then change your mind. Yeah, well, because she didn't nurse him back to life, <laughs> so she's off the big board. She couldn't save him. Well, he was suffering withdrawals that whole time. It's tough. Yeah. I just wonder what happens when you're shit-faced as the president, <laughs> and um, they come to you with some like really emergent stuff. So TJ supposedly was a drunk president. Yeah, well... Made decisions. Yeah. Also, like apparently, it. was a like to smoke a little bit. Smoke a little smoke. Smoke a little mm-hmm. smoke. A little I wonder smoke, if he ever smoke. smoked a little smoke on the Rivanna. I would imagine I he would did. So. Now, they would French vino. I mean, that makes sense. Monticello. Mm-hmm. He was posted up. He went drinking wine. He actually went broke trying to create a French style vineyard here in Charlottesville. Like he put all of his money and resources into trying to create wine like they did in France and could never recreate it. There was some Farmington yeah, tie-in right. with the that Farmington deal. Farmington Country Club was designed by him in part to pay a debt for something. I can't remember yeah. exactly. Yeah, the fucking... Actually, the largest sale in history of a bottle of wine, it's highly debated whether it's real or not or if it's a forgery, but is like Jefferson wine from Monticello from the 1700s. No way. It sold for several million dollars. Holy shit. Yeah, I wonder why. He's, he was, seemed like a real asshole. I could wah-hoo say a lot of negative things. Yeah. <laughs> wah-hoo-wah, guys. Yeah. Wah-hoo-wah. Well, listen. 
Speaking of presidents and drinking, is, it's kind of weird that the last two presidents are teetotalers, people that do not drink. Oh. Biden doesn't drink? Nope. Trump, yeah, he has this weird thing. Well, yeah, he'd be so dead if he drank. His brother did die from alcoholism. Yeah, he'd be so dead. That guy's an, yeah, got an addictive personality, you can tell. And then on top of that, he's not in great health. So imagine you threw that on top of everything. All right. Sweet. Who won the draft? Did anybody win Oh, Nate won. Nate won. You won the draft. Where did he really pull away? The Well, honestly, his last pick of Marilyn Whitmore, which was like not something I was thinking in my mind, but that's, that was brilliant. And the, Jackie, o, Jackie O is a great pick. That's the pick. Yeah, she might have been my first pick, so getting her in the third round. Half of this is just luck. You inherited Nancy Reagan. It's not. It's not luck. Yeah, this is a lottery, dude. No, you got because if I didn't, I would have made. I would have made Reed's pick. I had Reed's pick on here too. You know what? She saved shit from a fire, but it's yeah. It's kind of it's kind of iffy too. She saved another dude's picture. She saved George Washington's picture. Just like yo, you're my wife. Why are you saving another dude's? Picture? Why you wasn't gonna feel, around? You're gonna feel really. You're not yeah. gonna feel real good about it when another book comes out and somebody's like, no, Nancy Reagan was not that good. She was biting it. They haven't done you it picked, yet. You picked based clout, on Mr. T's clout, testimony. They're, That's they're clout it. chasing. You overlooked so they're, much. If they if they do, they're clout chasing at this point. <laughs> okay, the story's already out there. The story's out there. You're just so upset you didn't get to pick her. It's all good. I really don't care about this draft. It's late. <laughs> yeah, you the tongue, I'm kidding. I'm gonna fight you with my friend.